The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. and personal with some of your favorite female porn stars on In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, In Bed showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, May 20th. 2015. Listeners, please welcome our special guest, dominatrix, femdom, warrior goddess, and spanking disciplinarian, radio personality, music artist, entertainer, and entrepreneur, Mistress C. Welcome to the show, Mistress C. Hello there, Papi Chulo. How are you today? Fantastic, because I'm in the presence of Mistress C. Wow, when you were reading the credits and things I've done and do, it's kind of, uh, well, you're talking about me. I mean, it's really interesting, all the things that I dive into as an artist, as an entertainer, as a person expressing myself. So, you know, thank you for the introduction, and I'm so happy to be here. You're welcome. I'm really excited to get the chance to chat with you. We've met a couple times at the conventions, and we even did a short interview during uh, Exotica South Florida last year. So I'm glad that you're here now so that we can explore the different hats that you wear in your daily <laughs> life uh, and the different hats that uh, your fans and supporters out there know you for wearing. So let's step into the boudoir and get some of your physical stats out the way. Mm, What's your height like and weight? That. You're welcome. That yeah. sounds sexy. That really sounds <laughs> sexy. <laughs> well, I'm bordering 5'6". So I'm a little under five six, um, one thirty, one twenty seven to one thirty, um, depending on how I'm feeling and what I'm going through, eating that wise. You know, so my um, weight is about yeah, about one twenty five, one twenty seven to one thirty. What's your ethnic background? Wow, um, Black American is how I identify. However, I am. Uh, you know, I've done some research into my roots, looking back from my father's, you know, side of the family, and found um, some Ireland Irish roots from a great, 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 great. So there's some Irish in there, Native American, and some uh, Native American. Um, I said Native American, um, French Cherokee. Forgive me, because my Creole from my mother's side. So I'm a mixed black American, you know. <laughs> That's how I say it. It's kind of odd. But go ahead. Your other uh, questions. What's your zodiac sign? Gemini. Mm. Nice. See, that's why I really like you, because I'm a Gemini too. <laughs> See, you get me, right? We get exactly. <laughs> Yeah, very creative, 
very much like the wind, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the thinking, the intellect, it just continues daily, you know, the creativity. So, yeah, I love my Gemini space, you know, where I'm able to be creative and, and really get out there and, and connect with people. Because communication is what it's about for us. We like to connect with people and really make those, um, those efforts to communicate something, maybe an idea, something new, something, you know. So, yeah, you get me. That's why I like you too. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, can we get your measurements for the listeners? My measurements. I am 34B, full cup. I am 27 and a half waist. And my bottom, my derriere, mm, about 36, 37, pushing 37 sometimes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a miniature brick house. You know, 36. 24, 36, ah. There you go. Oh, Mr. C. This is why I love Mr. C. So I want to allow the listeners to fall in love with Mr. C, too. So let's go back to the very beginning. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from the Midwest, um, from St. Louis, Missouri, the Show Me State, where I was born. (laughs) <laughs> Very cool. And I have all these little cliches, you know what I mean? It's kind of funny. But yeah, that's where I'm from. Awesome. And what was Mr. C like as a child, as a teenager? Well, my grandmother, um, and bless her whole heart, and I just want to say that she passed this year a few minutes after midnight. And I was so blessed to see her last year for a few moments. After not seeing her for years, you know, since, um, well, long story. My grandmother is someone who I truly can appreciate and honor. She pretty much raised me, you know, from age 13 on. And from her, um, what she used to always say that I was a person as a child, and I feel this way knowing I'm remembering key things in my childhood, that I was um, following behind her, asking her for materials to help her make hats at the age of, you know, before teenage years. So I've known her all of my life. So I'm one of those people who were always on her heel, you know, asking for something so I can do something. Um, you know, she was, uh, I began my business acumen and developed it through her because she was always an entrepreneur. I never in my life saw her go out and work for someone else. She worked for herself. So my grandmother was a strong influence in my life and others around me, you know, just says that they knew they can count on me because I was the big sister. So I was one of those people who wore the key keychain around my neck and took it very seriously. Um, and I've always probably never had one of those traditional childhoods because I was always one of the ones, you know, kind of fending off and being a protector of my siblings. So the person, me as a child, was very, very curious, okay, curious as hell, questioned everything and everybody. (laughs) Um, I was one of those ones who read and took things um, literal in some cases when it came to, um, you know, my up 
earlier upbringings, um, religious wise, you know, the Bible and all that. And I asked my grandmother, I was around 12, 13 years of age, and I said, you know, it doesn't make sense, Granny. Answer me this. I mean, how can Adam and Eve was made and then they had children and they had children? And who did these, their children have children with? I mean, did Eve have more children with her own kids? I mean, it was really such a shocking question to ask. And then I said, well, I think that there were other two that was made because there was someone listed where a man and woman was made and no name was given to them. So I think that that was a smart answer to uh, give myself, but I had to go to the preacher, I had to be, you know, I had to ask him, and then he says, no, my my, my dear child, just, just believe what we tell you. <laughs> That's when I decided I'm not believing anybody, I'm just going to look for myself and move forward and try to be as quiet as I can about the questions I had about religion in such an early part of my life. So as a child, I was a person who always asked the questions, why? Why this way? I don't understand that. Could you explain it to me? So I was a curious Gemini <laughs> coming up. <laughs> I believe it. And I think all of that certainly helped in molding you to become uh, the outstanding woman that you are today. Oh, thank you. I I feel that everything I think a person does in their life is um, an experience to help mold them to something else. And 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 you take everything that you've experienced. You don't take just one thing out of life and say, "Oh, I am all that person only." No, I mean, you know, when you live life as fully as we do, I can speak for myself as I do. You know, because you know, I'll be fifty-two years old next month okay or this month this month at the end of the month okay so i am one of those people who really live life with my uh fingers out like tentacles you know i'm feeling life and i'm experiencing different phases of of life um with different career choices and then now everything i've experienced as a child coming up has I feel developed me into the person I am today and the things I'm doing today will further my development to the person I'll be tomorrow so that's for all of us you know but I take it so seriously this journey in life because to me you know it's a cellular journey I mean we all have one thing in common I feel because I do believe in, in and have a strong sense of spirit and spirituality is a big and high resource in my life, you know, is something I draw my strength from my beliefs. I feel that we're all here having an earthly experience as spiritual beings. And so as a result, we all have that same thing in common. No matter how we tend to bunk around in this world, we're going to have experiences, you know, that is just indicative of, of the plane that we're on. So that's my take on my experiences from being, you know, coming up. And and um, in the direction I take moving forward, you know, um, always given and trusted in the position to to take care of, to mentor, to mold, to be a protector of, is just part of. And that's where the warrior in me is. You know, there are so many other things in my life that I love to share with you and your listeners about. You know how I chose Sendong Warrior Goddess as my uh, alter alter ego. You know, Mr. C is an alter ego, I feel, but mm -hmm. it is who I am being. 
Um, it's my stage name. It's my, you know, carrot name or whatever you want to call it. But I am fully out. I am, you know, a person who is, is hopefully fluidly uh, said I am stepping from this space, this vanilla space of being and choosing to be a camel toe, uh, a, a four-letter word mouth wrapped in M.O. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes. It's one of those types of things. It's like, okay, those who know me see it. This you seeing it uh, revealed before your eyes. So there's it, no secrets out there. You know, I take the good, bad, and the ugly in my past, bringing it in today, and moving forward to be, you know, better at being good, bad, and ugly. You know, because we're still gonna have those challenges. That's very true. So let's talk about the initial uh, experience or the initial maybe even curiosity into the world of fetishes and BDSM and that realm. Where did this curiosity come from and how old were you when you first became exposed to this world that you now call home? You know, Papa Chulo, it's very interesting that you asked me that question because, you know, when I um, initially came out in the BDSM space, you know, claiming to be a mistress and, you know, and, and, and embracing that space. Um, I just thought it was something that I was choosing to do, and it was one of those things that I just said, okay, oops, okay, I am, I'm doing this, this is what I'm, but, but what I have discovered, because again, you know, when you live so many years, you do other things in life, you don't see one thing leading the dot to another until you're sitting there and saying, wow, oh, wow, I remember this and I remember that. And these are the things that was in my life during those times. When I was, and this probably was the other things, obviously, um, as a young child, I was in a traditional family, family um, mother, father, you know, um, working parents. You know, my mother stayed home most of the time until we got to a certain point where I was able to, you know, read and write and fend for myself, walk home, and things of that nature. So she went back to work. But at the end of the day, it was traditional, normal type of family. And back then in the in the 70s and so forth, um, domestic violence and all that was very high, you know, in general, I think, in a lot of different families and households. And it was in my household. I saw it. I came up with it. And being the oldest, I really, really took all of that to heart. So there were things that I saw even before um, I saw something on TV. But as a child coming up, during those formidable years between the ages of, you know, when I'm able to, to talk, to the age of 10, 11, I saw a lot of things. And I promised, made a promise to myself that I would never, ever experience this. I cannot believe how uh, the police felt so, they were so insensitive. I thought to my mother's situation, they pretty much said, we know who he is and I can't believe he would do that. And I saw that. So it kind of one of those things that made me go, ooh, I don't like that. You know what I mean? It made me feel uncomfortable. And so as uh, I matriculated at the age of 13 years of age, I happened to be living with my grandmother at the time. All of us, you know, it was a very interesting divorce and so forth. Now I'm with my grandmother and, uh, and I'm in her household and I'm looking at all that glitters. 
Now, at the time, all I knew that the images on the screen were very, very, it's like, oh, I like that, where the world was female ran. It was a female supremacy show. It was where women were the corporate heads. They were the tops. They were the leaders. They were the ones in control. Having lunch and tea where men served and the traditional role reversals, you know, both the traditional reversal, uh, traditional roles were reversed, you know, gender-wise. And I love that show. I watched every episode, I believe, and I was disappointed when the show was off the air. So uh, when I Wikipedia later, now fast forward to uh, six years ago, you know, when I said, okay, uh, let me not hide behind, you know, all of the layers that I put myself under, you know, um, being in the business world, creating, you know, uh, a massive um, income for myself while I helped a lot of people own homes and, and build their futures and do things in that sense of the word. I wanted to feel a little bit more fully, you know, evolved, meaning I wanted to bring everything about me to my game. You know, at some point, I think in people's lives, you know, we began to, I know for me, you just want to drop some shells, drop some layers, you know, drop that layer baggage. Oh, my goodness, you need to carry that anymore going through the next phase of your life. And so uh, about seven, six, seven years ago when I came out, I discovered, because to me coming out and being more authentic to myself was being that meaning that I was much more transparent and I had to be much more transparent to myself. So it was like a... It's a, it's a BDSM for me and being femdom for me is is learning to to really appreciate more who I'm being and and be honest to that more than how other people perceive me to be. So I knew that I was a strong female. I knew I had my own opinions. I knew that I wouldn't be quiet um, with any opinions that I had that were so strong to me. I could not and cannot, you know, not voice them if it's something that I need to voice. Now, every 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 conversation is not a time for a confrontation, but I'm one of those ones that are not afraid of confrontation when necessary. So that is what makes me unique and different sometimes as it relates to my matriculation and especially coming into the femdom space. Femdom space is already women who are very confident about being women who enjoy their sexuality and flaunting it, not in a way of trying to get others to fall into it, is enjoying their own sexuality, you know, feeling comfortable in it um, and not caring what another person may feel or think about an item or clothing you decide to wear or how you're choosing to, to have a conversation with this person, you know, your relationship to that male or that female as a submissive or to you or whomever, that is your relationship to them. It doesn't mean that you are this way to everyone you meet, but you being a strong person, people overshadows all of that and say, well, oh my God. So what I'm saying to you is that I've always been a strong female always been very decisive and, 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 and clear to my direction and the things that I wanted to do and accomplish. So as a femdom, it's a layer that's very comfortable because I am a female. I can speak from the female perspective. I can speak from a perspective that, you know, has really, really not catered and, and, and enjoyed and appreciate the, the strengths that female offer 
to business, female author to, to um, you know, uh, politics, a female author. So, again, you know, I can only speak from my own, you know, experiences. So, yes, to answer your question, I know that I went into a roundabout way, but I know that also this is a little bit more about knowing about me, you know, and how I came up into the lifestyle and what I am doing in it um, is about, this interview is about. So I wanted to share with you in a roundabout way why that is for me um, being who I'm being is a positive thing I feel for women who um, have chose in the past not to speak and not to be and not to explore themselves, you know, in all of their power, so to speak, their their influence, their ability to to um, lead, their ability to nurture. So yes, I take all of those lessons in, and the lifestyle has taught me, for me, to to just always continue to dig deeper, deeper. You know, who are you being? Are you being authentic to who you are being? I really like that. I'm loving the answers tonight, Mistressy. You're really bringing it, and I appreciate the honesty and the candor. Thank you. I mean, you know, thank you. I I appreciate the opportunity to really you know, speak in, in this way. You know, I have a, a lot of um, interviews, you know, I feel a lot of interviews, and, and, and I enjoy each one. They're all different, but this this one particularly is, uh, to me, is um, where it hits home. It's more where people can actually hear my thoughts mm-hmm. on the subject of what is what I'm doing, you know, and how I perceive what I, you know, how I do what I do. So thank you for giving me the opportunity, Papa Julie. Julo, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. So let's talk about... Uh what you do and how you do it and in leading into that we have to discuss uh, the moniker that you took on the name that you took on mistress c how did the name mistress c come about and uh, as well as uh, something that we should discuss is uh, the title that uh, i introduced you as and that uh, you discussed a couple of answers ago femdom warrior goddess how did the name Mistress C and the title Femdom Warrior Goddess come about? Well, it's, thank you. Well, well Mistress C, I, I, I lack imagination and creativity when it comes to the different names that I hear that I find so incredibly uh, interesting and, and sexy and powerful that women pick up that isn't their name you know, that they're choosing to use. Um, so the the mistress part, uh, I miss people my I when I used to roll, I mean roll, you know, with a lot of cash and a lot of dough <laughs> I used to be able to be in a position to hire a lot of different people around me to help me with different things. And um and what happened was they used to always call me Miss C or Miss Carmen. Carmen is my first name. I do not use that name much anymore, uh, or, or only for legal reasons. But at the end of the day, Mistress C was and is a name. Uh, C is the first name, first letter of my legal name. Um, 
I can't get any realer than that. <laughs> you know? I agree. It's just, it's just Miss C. It's Mistress C. The uh, mistress, you know, um, is the the mere fact that I enjoy like the name and what it implies to me. You know, I um, it's fun correcting or having you know friendly um, talks or debates with people in my use of the word mistress. You know, because um, it has been always uh, neg- neg- negatively tied to a name called as a woman given that name who's uh, taken on someone else's lover or husband. You know, she's, she is now, you know, fell into this mistress uh, category and uh, not a positive note. Mistress, for me, is much more empowering as the top, the person who is in control and the person who's leading in her chosen relationships. So mistress takes on a different connotation. So see like how real you can be. The Simdown Warrior Goddess, well, very interesting. I was doing the Adult Con show, their first dungeon in year 2011, and I was um, entertaining uh, a few people to assist me with that show at the time. And we were all had a conversation, and I'll never forget the conversation was, you know, mistress, you need a name, you need something, you know, that we can kind of like really, um, you know, market you. You know, you have to really figure this out. And I take everything serious. I'm a brand specialist. I enjoy branding things, and branding me is my biggest job and has been my biggest feat. And I have to give myself pat on the back for doing so. It's such a great job. So I had given this down worry about it before I had given it before I given it any breath, a lot of thought. So what happened was, um, back in two thousand and six, I believe, no, a little bit before that, two thousand five, I had gone to Greece. Greece, Athens, Greece. And it was my vacation on top of vacations, meaning I manifested that poppy when I was, you know, knee high to the Dublin. I really wanted to go to Greece. Nice. And, 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 and I was an international flight attendant for so many years, and I missed getting to go to Greece. So that was my opportunity in 2006 to go on my own accord and, and be my own public. It was great. So, well, I, I went to Mykonos for a few days, and the first store I saw to the left after getting off the boat was this quaint little uh, little jewelry store. And I said to my husband, at we were not married at that time, but we were engaged. I said, I'd like to go to the store because I was really into medallions. I saw this beautiful medallion. It was um, Goddess Athena on one side and uh, carved in a gold, and on the other side was, you know, a branch, the olive branch embedded in gold, carved in. It's so so ornate. And it had, you know, the, the... the forever symbol around it, you know, the fairy, Ferragamo or the or whatever you want to call that symbol, the eternity symbol that was around this particular piece. I loved it, you know, bought it. Um, and of all the things that I had lost over the years, that's one thing that I maintained. So when you fast forward and that conversation happened, I said, what do I call myself? 
And I thought about the fact that I have always been a person who spoke both wisdom and always spoke of war, meaning that there are two exist in this world. They, you can't have one without the other. And I identified to Goddess Athena, uh, her story, her mythology story, so well. So uh, when uh, Femdom being who I am being, you know, Femdom warrior, who I am also being goddess that goes without saying, those three went so well for me together. And at the time, I was also producing a Femdom wrestling and grappling. So I like branding F. W.G. So I branded F.W.G. to denote send on what you got it, send on wrestling and grappling and anything else I do moving forward within, you know, great symbols that I enjoy using. So that's how send on what you got it came about. <laughs> I like it. I approve. Uh, not that you need approval, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, yeah, it was, it was like your you know, it was, it was perpetuated by people feeling that, you know, I needed to have something more than just Mr. C. And and, and they no longer people in my life, you know, per se. They, they were there for that moment, and it made me think. I went inside of the think tank, and I came out with him down where he got us. And that was well over, uh, was in, that was in early part of 2011. So, yeah, I picked her up, picked that name up then. And it certainly worked for you. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so right now I want to have pillow talk with Mistress C, and I want to get ah. under the covers. I want to get under the covers, and I want to discuss candidly some of the experiences that you've had thus far in uh, the yeah. industry that you're in. And you mentioned conventions, and yeah. I want to discuss conventions with you because you have uh, basically been one of the pioneers of uh, including fetishes and expanding their presence at some of the various adult conventions throughout the past couple of years. You've uh, been the person that sort of heralded seminars and um, and basically uh, live demos at conventions in uh, you know various uh, dungeon uh, scenarios and experiences uh, at some of the biggest conventions that the industry has so i'm kind of curious to ask how did you go about connecting with these various conventions and expos and uh, you know becoming sort of a pioneer in uh, the realm of fetishes at these conventions well, this is, you know, that pillow talk. Oh, wow. And yes, uh, I, you know, it is the the beginning was very, very interesting and incredibly um, synchronistic. You know, it was one of those things where um, I didn't look for it. It kind of found me, but here I am and I'm ready for it. So in the beginning, there was uh, me promoting FWG. Femdom Warrior, and Femdom Wrestling and Grappling. And we successfully completed uh, a show at that moment. So I was out there being the promoter that I've always been in my life, um, putting flyers, sticking flyers everywhere. Well, I decided instead of going to a show that was local and done by someone I know, 
um, someone who I had great respect for and who I can no longer look in their face until they're able to recognize the, the crap, you know, and just, 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 I'll own it. I like people to own their shit. I'm my own mind. Own it. And then I can move on because Geminis don't get mad and stay mad at people that are long. You know, we don't, right? So at the end of the day, um, I just like people to own their shit. Otherwise, I don't step across. I, I'm a firm believer. I won't walk across the line. You know, I'll keep moving. I went to a show called Everything to Do with Sex, which I was one of the speakers here in Los Angeles, California. Their first and only show, actually, in L.A. But they came out. I was a, a, one of the headline speakers. I went out to it. I didn't get an opportunity to speak because there was probably more room, that could, more people that can fit in my entire, you know, living place that was in the entire show for the whole weekend. It was awful, but it was an experience. So I had tickets, sent flyers, and put up flyers everywhere. And a friend of mine called me and said, you know, a GoCon, you know, you should call them or check them out because they are, got it, they are flyers everywhere. I'm like, okay. And I did. I reached out to uh, Adele Khan, and then Adele Khan came back with me and said, you know what, I know who you are. You're, are you the person who was from the flyers out? And so I said, yes. They said, oh, I like what you did. Very creative. And it gave me a lot of props, told me what I did right and what I did wrong, which I appreciated, and gave me the opportunity to do their dungeon. That's how I started. And after that, um, that relationship and and uh, I heard um, on the back scope that it was one of the best, um, you know, shows that people have seen in that space. Um, that dungeon, I was glued to a 5,000 square foot space with being on stage three times a day with also having um, a 70 um, seating class uh, way across the floor of the convention hall with classes every hour on the hour from people from all over, uh, from Nicky Nefarious to, you know, just people from all over coming in speaking. Okay. So I was managing that. That was my first big show. And it was a successful show. Um, I did some um, things in my leadership style that were what I see now I would have never done again, which I changed, but I had a mute to me in the dungeon, which was awful. I, I, it was not cohesive. And you know how I like to play. I like to play full out. I like everyone to have fun in the dungeon. So it was a very bad space to be. So I decided that I was going to do another show, not that show anymore. There's some other things that I see stuff under the bridge. And I uh, was introduced by a dear friend in the industry um, to Exotica. And Exotica said, yes, we've heard of you and we were going to reach out to you. Then that's where the relationship began. I did their show in three weeks from doing the biggest show of my life. Uh, and I came out three weeks later in L.A. to do Exotica, um, Los Angeles. And, um, and from there, my dungeon space got bigger and bigger until we were really a cornerstone of that show. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done uh, that show, and then um, through, through that, you know, from 2013, I did the AVN. I created what was called the layer, brought the layer over because there's a layer on the side right here in Los Angeles, California, local, you know, uh, uh, local community, you know, uh, dungeon that's been around for years. 
Okay, for years, and um, I chose the layer for AVN because it was like, okay, great, you know, it's just bringing people together. That's how I think, you know, including people. Uh, that's how I roll in business. So I did 2013, 2014 AVN, and uh, my last show for the Exotica was, um, mm, I guess, Chicago. But I was scheduled to be in the show for November 2014, and we had a disagreement um, October 23rd that led into me not coming in for November. Uh, I went, I got angry. I'm not proud of how I rolled out, but I'm not going to excuse anything I've done. Mm -hmm. I went off. And see, that's one of the things I know as a 50-year-old, over 50-year-old woman. That's why I'm in BDSM, so you can know that I have boundaries. You have to treat me with strengths and respects. Otherwise, I may just go off, but I choose my battles wisely because the warrior in me going to go off. It's just a matter of what battle I'm going to fight. So what happened was there were things and... Um, people, circumstances, and situations that came up throughout that time period. And it was a good time period, you know, after Exotica and our disagreement. And to me, it was direct personal contract violations that I had with them that were not honoring and integrity, anything that we had built over the four years. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, you know, uh, a bad date gone wrong. You know, they can't, and I'm sure that is some of the things that have been said about me. But again, at the end of the day, um, the relationship was very positive, very um, um, cohesive. I worked for them to produce a event that I can stand behind, you know, in integrity, educating, making sure that the fun and the play going on in the dungeon was at a, um, a measurable, a controllable measure, meaning everyone coming in having the same type of, of positive influence, you know, um, that want to project and give people an experience and information that can propel the curiosity, you know, to seek more information. My goal was, you know, giving the communities, local communities in which we had built the Dungeon Presence a space locally that they can go and seek further information, further, you know, their journeys. So it was a cohesive effort to really bring, you know, the fetish to the porn side because, again, before, when I started, fetish people didn't want to do porn shows. Mm -hmm. I had to overcome that objective. I had to overcome that objective. And, and that uh, overcoming it was the biggest hurdle in building the, the, the anticipation of the dungeon. So I wasn't just the person that was, you know, came in and, and, and did and, and did the shows. I built the brand of it and created a space out of nothing. And it was a passion that was also a labor of love, 
However, they tell me in business there's no room for passion. That's bullshit. That's why I got angry. Because at the end of the day, my passion was to make sure that everyone, or at least those who you've met, you know, because the people you've met in the dungeon in Florida were people, a lot of them traveled to other cities. Mm-hmm. As it's yeah. in creating the space. And that what made it cohesive because people can say, oh, I saw Mr. Stick here and there and there and there. And I saw lovely other, I saw all these people and they're building relationships, personal relationships with people, you know. And in the end, it is about relationships. Even the game of porn, even the game of adult, even the game of friends, it's about relationships. So you cannot say that making sure that my people have a presence on your little website, and I'm saying little, because you treat it just little by treating people who, like us, bringing passion to your game, bringing love to your game, treat them with little to no respect. And that, to me, makes you small. And so if you can't put people's pictures and images on your website because of what, you know, my images are not good enough. I ask for photographers. You bring photographers in, and my pictures are not going up. So I want to know why. The little woman in me want to know why. And the big businesswoman want to know why. <laughs> okay? Those were questions that we had at that two weeks before the show. And that shouldn't have happened because my contract states that these are the things that are going to happen. That is one of the reasons why you don't pay me. I choose to get these things because that to me means much more than money for what I was building. And I would not pick anything I've done back over the years because what I've done is built something tangible for people who don't know how to create and build can go right on in there and try to do what they need to do after me. Thank you very much. I'm a trailblazer and those who did not want to take any notice, literally, I had people, experts, I mean, giants that call themselves in the business to shut down on me. And I was the woman who came in and brought the shit. How can you shut down on me? But I see that it is their business, and I don't subscribe to their business. I subscribe to a different set of protocols. So, leather. What leather, the leather lifestyle means to me, is honoring my code. My code is honesty and integrity. You know, trying to do things the best you can, because again, trying is a big, long word. I don't do everything perfectly, damn it. Neither do you or no one else. That's the one thing also we have in common. We all make freaking mistakes. But at the end of the day, I own my shit. That's all I say. So I and I appreciate that. <laughs> I got angry. And again, I don't get angry like that. That's the first time in my life I did to the point that people, my neighbors, thought I was a danger to myself. <sighs> Because I'm not a danger to you, per se. I'm not a danger to no one else next to me. But I, when I get angry, I will convulse. And I think that that's just part of, you know, the plight as is as, as a female, you know, in this business, in the game of life here in general, especially a black female. I've read reports 
where that's something that seems to happen, and that was after everything that happened with me. I began these reports and these studies start to come my way. So I'm learning and discovering some of the things that I am doing. I take ownership for what I do. But I guarantee you, guarantee you, for me being a quiet person, for me being a respectful person around my neighborhood for five years, they all thought that I could have been a danger to myself. So you tell me how angry I got. Beyond that, besides that, moving out of that, because everything happens for a reason. I know that. I'm aware of that. I live by a code of conduct. To my own spirituality, I live and hold true. I know that things come in for a reason, and when that door shut, another one opens. So I have sitting for me, before me, USC, you know, their film, Cinematic of Arts, you know, doing a featured film short movie on me. It does a stream, actually. I think it, it would have streamed. <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, May 10th was the primary screening. And moving forward, there's just so many great things in store. I am moving forward and, and doing what I feel still necessary because since I left the game of their game, there's still a big void. And I'm a creator. I am a creator. You know, I, I say that, um, you know, I, I coined and trademarked a term, a phrase, a trademarked a phrase. Um, it was new CEO, which is called Creative Engaged in Optimizing Opportunities. And that is a CEO. Now, I know that we put it behind CEO, you got to have this, you got to have that, you got to have this, you got to have that. Hell no, we do in this world because that's the law of the land. We must abide by the law of the land. At the end of the day, if we lose out on the fact that we all are creatives, and if we are not engaging in our own opportunities or optimizing opportunities to come our way, what the heck are we doing? That is what we're doing every day, every moment of our day. So I'm going to bring, you know, things, you know, because, again, I created it out of my segment of my imagination. I created the brand, and I created the people to bring it. It was my game. It was my party. It was my show. It's my, you know, real life is you <laughs> You build your own stage, and the people that play with you are the people you cast. So at the end of the day, I built a stage in which the platform in which I laid my experience on now is just using the experiences, the knowledge, and moving forward. And that is what I'm doing. So I want your listeners to know, and I want to know that, um, the mistressy me, I have so much more yet to bring. And there is a show, a convention that I'm brewing on this side of the tracks, which will be, I feel, um, will meet a need that I still feel is lacking. Even after I leave the scene, there are still things lacking and the creativity to create something where people can truly enjoy, benefit, um, grow, you know, network and create be creatives engaged in optimizing opportunities. Um, it's coming, so please stand by. Stay tuned for that announcement. And that sounds like an exciting announcement. <laughs> Very exciting. I can't wait to 
hear it and hopefully be able to attend it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the goal is, is to make sure that it's, um, you know, feasible for people to attend, um, you know, because there is such a range of fans and people who supported me through the years that I truly would like to, you know, reach out to and, and bring them in and have them be a part of. So, you know, that's, that's yes, I hope so too. I'm, sh- I'm sure that it is going to be um, something that you wouldn't want to miss, that's for sure. Fantastic. <laughs> but yes, so moving forward, it's been, you know, I had to sit back, um, probably really, you know, since I'm being real with you, sit back and take a look at everything that happened and come to peace, you know, with it. Um, there is a lot of things legally I can do with it. You know, uh, through my life, I've always chose to allow the legal battle to come to me. Um, and, um, but, you know, me being angry the way I was, I just went, we just went off and started putting things out there, period. Because at the end of the day, if no one else was going to write about it or to care about it, at least I would have my say. And that is just the way I had to roll out. You know, mm-hmm. that's what makes me unique. <laughs> Anybody else, I just got to do what I got to do, you know. Um, but I do not, you know, it was all collateral because there was a whole lot of collateral and damage, um, a lot of collateral damage, you know, with relationships and people and all that stuff. It's like, okay, that's coning, you know. I, I have tweets go out every once in a while, you know, and they're a little fun, you know, pundits. Some of them, you know, come out out of storm, you know, I think out of the thick of the storm, here is what I got to say about it, you know, but, um, you know, pruning is a part of life. If you have a garden and that rose bush blossomed and bloomed and was pretty and beautiful uh, during the spring and summer when it did bloom, then you better know that winter it was pruned. They cut back a lot from that, that bush so it can grow in anew. And that's what life is all about. So if a couple of people were exed out of my life during that period of time, and you have not made any, they have not made any um, attentions or, or done anything to prove themselves to be a worthy friend or from a person or acquaintance, meaning to say, hey, I just called to see how you're doing. Good. I'm glad. Bye. Bye-bye. I was a fire attendant for almost 15 years, meaning I know the word bye-bye. That's how it has to be. That's what it's about. This life is too short, you know, and I can carry on and say, well, you know, I wish them all this and any other. I really, really don't give a damn, really. But I do hear everything that goes on. So, you know, I guess somebody thinks that I should know or something or some entity thinks I should know, you know. But I really don't care what the shows do, how they choose to take the intellectual property I gave them and change it and try to make something different. I don't know. Whatever. They did whatever they want to do. They did not have it when I got there. And, you know, 
karma is that this stuff happens. Shit, it's, life is that way. Life is that way. That's real, you know. So I'll let it go and move on. I like when Big Daddy, Big Big Mama, you know, come inside my battles. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them. You know what I mean? The exactly. warrior, as a human, the warrior in me as a human knows when to sit back and say, you know, is it worth that? That is it worth for me to spend my good money off after them? It is not, you know. Commission money that you that is stowed for me at the end that's supposed to come. You know, which is sponsorship money. I was supposed to get a part of that. That's what was the deal. So I didn't. That means you took it. So if you feel that that blood money is going to help your life and and, and that's what's going to fuel your engine, exotica, then I'm happy for you. <laughs> Good luck with that. That's what blood money does. It tricks you to think that it's good. So, I mean, I've had it, and I haven't had it. And I have to say, I'm better when I'm just, you know, doing the best I can and not trying to take nobody else and do my thing. Mm-hmm. And give. Because that's what it's about. That's what it's really about. So, the you know, the people out there, and I have to say this because I'm not sure if you're on my Facebook, Poppy, and your fans, but I'm on Facebook. I'm big and live on Facebook. And I came out to my family, okay, um, a few years ago on my birthday. And uh, so the 31st of May, so your fans who are my fans, they need to let me know how much they love me for my birthday is coming up soon. <laughs> um, I was on Facebook and I came out. You know, years ago, it was in 2011, that's what I know, because I came out and then I said, you know, guys, this Facebook is going to change, you motherfuckers. If you don't like it, you know, you better delete yourself now because I'm going to have all types of shit happening on this Facebook. It's going live now, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I am XYZ. You might call me Mr. C. And I had, you know, people, family, all people, you know, just, what the hell? Because I've always held to some very strong spiritual beliefs. And I taught those spiritual beliefs for years. You know, I ran um, a radio show back in the day where I interviewed uh, a lot of the talking figures from The Secret, you know, before The Secret was published. Um, I was really, very active in spiritual things and communicating spiritual perspectives as I was and am an ordained minister twice. Now, people have looked at me and say, well, what the fuck? You know, how the hell you claim that and you're doing this or that? You know what? Fuck you. Um, I feel that I'm not here judging you, so damn it, don't judge me. Uh, I have a road that is my path. I know what I can do and what I can't do. There are certain things in life that I can appreciate in others, meaning I can appreciate erotic performers. I can appreciate exports and those who cater to um, our lonely men and people. I can appreciate that so much that it's none of my freaking business, but I can't do it. That's the only thing I say. I know my limits. 
I know what I can do and what I can't do. I can do domination all day long. I know I can do that because I have a consensual submissive in front of me who says, I want you to humiliate the shit out of me. I want you to kick my balls in until they, you know, are tender and I have to wear a band-aid tomorrow. I want you to slap me until I'm blue and pissed and I can't see straight. I want you. You know, so they are wanting something for me that I love to do. So it is a consensual situation. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's a way for me to express myself in a way in which is not normal or not in some cases legal. You see, but in the case of a person in your hands, in your face, right there in front of you, and you have a relationship with, that's different. Or a session even. That's different. To me, that's what I can do. You see, so I know what I can do and what I can't do. And I keep inside my boundaries. And sometimes I am exercising at my boundaries, meaning I'm, you know, exerting limits, well, pressures on my limits. But when I'm rattled in, because I have to maintain this uh, 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 space for me that keeps me on a straight and narrow, not what other people think and how I should roll. Because it's not their life, it's mine, you know. And um, so it's very interesting. People ask me, well, how do you stay looking so young? Okay, this is my philosophy in life. Take some notes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Take some notes. It's not, you know, I can't say, see, I know me. That's the point I tell everybody. You know, you learn to know yourself. And I'm learning myself more and more every day. I'm learning what I can and what I can't take, what I will, what I will, blah, 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 blah. So when the when your boundaries, that's why DDSM teaching it properly is so important. When your boundaries, your limits have been, your triggers, so to speak, have been triggered, you know, then watch out because there is going to be some form of reaction from it. <laughs> You're setting off, you know, just like having something, a grenade in your hand and taking off the top. Damn it, you better get it out the way, throw it, do something because it's going to go off. And I feel that people take it to where they say, well, you have to learn and get control yourself. You do. But those who have normally, if they are people who have to form or have some form of release in some way, they are the ones that are pulling the trigger at the end of the day on themselves. We all have to have an outlet of some type. Some people do it differently. I chose to go completely internet cyber hell and just went off on everybody, ultimately making myself sick and ill, which is that is was the situation. I make no mistake. I make no bones about what happened, what triggered me, and I take full responsibility because I sit back and read over the stuff I said and I wrote, and I go, "Well, ain't nothing I wrote wasn't true, but it wasn't told in the way that people like to read their stories." Fluffy, <laughs> it was not told in the way that people like to read their bedtime stories. And that's what pissed everybody off. I don't care. It's not pretty. Life is not pretty sometimes. The truth sometimes hurts. Oh, well. 
but I know and they know and everyone else who really, really have some brains, you know, thinking on this situation knows that, you know, it, it just don't do shit like that. That doesn't fall into integrity and you call it business, it's not business. That's coward bullshit. Be honest, be upfront, say what the deal is. If there's a problem, something you can deal with, you deal with. If you can't, then you can't. But you still honor your daggone country. Honor. And then do it amicably. Otherwise, what you have is an energy about it. And the energy is not really, I mean, it could be, but I haven't perpetuated much of it at all because I really don't give a fuck. I really don't, but it's something that needs to be said. My story has to be said and told because otherwise, you know, just like they did to all of our history, and then I go too deep, I'll just put it this way. They have done this, they, meaning history, media, uh, those who write stories have deleted messages in history who would have led the readers and those of us now to a different conclusion. But no, when people who have control over media or choose not to write appropriate media, they do their own thing and does not disclose an event or situation, it's like, hmm, you know, the intention, what was the intentionality behind that? The honest, only thing I can say is that there was collective effort among those who had power to do so was to lock me out of the industry. Well, that was their way of starving this, you know, mouth of mine. Well, I've been a successful woman all my life. Everything I touch turns to gold. Mm-hmm. So it's not about this little thing and I'm not let up. It's about this issue that happened was a little blurb in my professional career, but it didn't make me and nor one is it going to break me. That's the point. <clears throat> and that's the part of the warrior in me that won't stop. Because even if I was not here to say it, there'd be other people singing my praises. <laughs> What'd you say, Poppy? You know, I appreciate you breaking it down for the listeners because I'm sure a lot of them are wondering exactly what happened. And I, I really appreciate you uh, getting the chance to come on the station tell your whole story so that everyone knows sort of exactly what happened well you know it it was very 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 disheartening i mean people who i've laid my hands on you know because again i'm a spiritual person so if i'm spanking you it's not about spanking you because i mean i'm sadistic but i'm not like you know, uh, a person that just, oh, I got to. No. I mean, I have my relationships, not all of them are touchy, meaning I don't have to think of sub or submissive who serves me. They, it's very emotional. It's very their choice to be underfoot, you know, under my under my care, so to speak. Again, the maternal uh, instinct of mine is, is me and always will be. That's part of who I'm being. That's part of being a femdom, too. You know, that we do have such a maternal instinct of caring and, you know, and all that. So with that, that, that lends to the whole thing. And, and so as a female in business, 
you know, and moving forward and being what I consider, you know, an um, example for some and others, you know, not, I don't really care about that because, you know, there are people who know me, have known me much more years than the adult industry have known me and know my character and know who I, how I rode. You know, and have been to my homes, you know, at lavish parties and stuff. So I am a person who's always been in the public and been very social. And people, when, um, you know, I'm the one who brings the TV cameras and shit because I've always been attached, attached to media. That's my game. I love communication, Gemini. So all these things are me as me as Mr. C. So when those things are uh, disrupted, and uh, attacked, you know, it becomes personal. And I don't see who in their right mind would think that it would not become personal. (laughs) (laughs) That to me would be scary. Um, So I, you know, the the process, because, you know, when a relative or a friend dies, there is a process. There is five stages of grief that we must go through, and I went through my anger stage, damn it. (laughs) Now I'm over it, but I went through those stages, you know, because that's just human nature. That's just the way we roll. If I was sitting back looking at it and saying, okay, I'm getting ready to do this, I'm going to do that, no, it wouldn't have been that way, but I went through it, and I had to sit back as an observational point of reference. Now I'm observing all this shit. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what the fuck happened. Because any time a person gives almost five years of their life to an industry in which they loved and respected for what they were and what you are and what you bring to the society, because I've always been, you know, an advocate of a female doing what the hell they want to do with their bodies in front of or off the camera. I don't care. So my uh, love for the adult business has been going on for years you know, I was in vanilla world and, and nothing further from the truth of me thinking about this side of the business was in my consciousness and creating, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I was looking at porn every night, almost soft porn. And then hard porn when I felt like it, that I was paying for my porn. So I appreciate porn and porn stars. Lovelies, that's why I love you guys so much. Because I am here as a female, and I feel advocating for the rights of all women is what I do. So the boys in the porn deal, what was the problem? Is it that you thought I was too big of an influence on the women? And you think that shutting me out would make any difference? Because I don't understand otherwise why they would have been so aggressively attacking, attacking my character and calling me every side of crazy and stupid. So that's my story, guys. And I appreciate it, Mistress C. Well, I appreciate you allowing me to share it. Because, again, this is the first time, other than me, perpetuating my own conversation, I have had an opportunity to really share what happened from my perspective and what could be always proven because there's always ways to prove the truth. I couldn't agree more. So as we start wrapping things up in the interview, I want to ask you a couple of questions that should allow 
your fans and supporters to get to know a whole lot more about you outside of uh, your fetish persona. And my first question is, uh, in this set of questions, tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Mistress C that might surprise the listeners. <laughs> I can spend hours, hours watching reality TV shows. And that's probably where I get my drama spurts. But I love TV. and But I not only just reality TV, I enjoy... Um, medieval, a medieval type of TV, you know, just the dungeons and all of that, and, and the slayers and the dragon slayers, and and the especially female high roll. So that may be something people don't know. I mean, I spend a lot of time engaging with people in general, and but I do spend. I just enjoy watching great TV and I'm watching for angles and watching for mistakes and camera and all that stuff. So I'm geeky that way. <laughs> Very cool. Describe yourself in ten words or less. I am a lovable person just wanting to be loved. I like it. <laughs> I really like it. Now I have this list of pop culture oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners to get to know some of your favorites. What are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh my. This, this is okay. Okay. Revenge. <laughs> Top one. Scandal. Uh, number two. Um, House of Cards. Number three. Netflix. Um, oh my gosh. Favorite. Following, that's interesting. Um, and oh my goodness, what's the fourth? I mean, there's so many great ones. You know, it's hard to but to put the top five up there. It's kind of like oh, now Empire. All oh, the music is just oh wow, mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Speaking of music, who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? For all time, I gotta say, Babyface. Um, oh gosh, music arts. Lavert. Um, most of them are male. You know, this is back in the day when the RB was RB. Mm -hmm. Um, the female. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Phyllis Hyman. And I love me some Tina Marie. <laughs> so, yeah. I think the, the top four overall, you know, would be those. Because they kind of, I pulled them from different genres almost. But, you know, um, but then I like country music. It's just, it's hard. But my R&B is top. Uh, rhythm and blues and and. You know, I love my rappers, but, you know, some music people just can't hang out with, right? Like their style, their flow, their air, you know, their hustle. But those are the top four. What are three of your most favorite films? Wow, my three of my most favorite films. I, Hangover was funny. I loved that. Hangover 1 was one of my favorites. Um... 
I'm liking, I mean, Tyler Perry has done some great stuff, and I like a lot of his, I like his, probably his first materials, <laughs> you know, the materials um, when he first started making the movies. I loved all his plays, but the movies, the first one, I thought that was hilarious. Um, but, now this one, uh, my name, uh, the name always escapes me, but it's, uh, it's an Italian film, because I love subtitles, you know, and it's a good film, and it was about a painter, anyway, I cannot think of that name, but every time I, I Monte, Montebello or something like that, but it, it was amazing, every time I see it, it just, it just puts the waterworks on, okay? It's one of those ones that's got, oh, my goodness, you know, he struggled all his life to be this amazing painter. And and the night that he was getting ready to win the contest that would change his life and everything, you know, he was, he was beaten to death. And it was just, it just a tearjerker. And, and, his, and the woman that his true love, you know, she decided that she was going to take her life as well um, after... That, that painful. It was just amazing. You know. So anyway, I can't think of the name, but it's one of my all-time favorites. What are two foods you can't live without? Chocolate. <laughs> I have to get up in the middle of the night and go to somewhere and get some. I have to get some. Um, and um, green apples. I love green apples. You know, because what I tend to do with that is put a little caramel on the side and some peanut, uh, some pecans, and dip them. You know, so I just love pecan caramel apples. So green apples and chocolate. And <laughs> what is one of your guilty pleasures? I just named them. Uh, no. <laughs> one of my guilty pleasures. Oh, um. I mean, it's still chocolate. I think it's still a guilty pleasure, you know, which also life can can do without. But um, kinky, guilty pleasures. Oh goodness. Um, you know, I I have my guilty pleasure is that I tend to spend a lot of time, you know. Um, Online, and I think it's a guilty pleasure for me sometimes. You know, one thing is to spend time and just, you know, do what you need to do and this and blah, blah, blah. There's another to be a total geek about it, you know, and I'm a geek about it. So it's a guilty pleasure also to me. I'll put that on there on the table. <laughs> What's next for Mistress C? What can the listeners and your fans anticipate from you in the coming weeks throughout the summer? Uh, well, um, I am, well, I'm considering looking at um, doing some CAM work, but I'm very particular, as you know, and I really enjoy, you know, creating my custom videos and so forth for my fans. So fans know they can always contact me um, by emailing me. May I give my email address? Yes, you may. Okay. Uh, email me. Um, you can check my website, but I prefer you could email me directly at E as an exotic, X as an X-ray, O as an octopus, T as in Tom, I as an igloo, C as in cat, Q as in Quebec, 
at yahoo.com and state some of the interests that you may have, uh, what type of fetishes that you have and things of that nature. And I will get back with you and see if, um, you know, I'll be willing and able to do a custom video. So that's one of the things I definitely give, you know, I enjoy doing custom videos for my fans. Um, so that's the option. I, again, I have the, um, the screening of the movie. Um, I, I'm not sure what it's called, but it, they, they, they shot it Mr. C. That's the name of the head under, but I'm not sure what it's actually name or if there's another name to the movie. And it screens, it's a short film. Um, the director is also having it screened in Venice, Italy, uh, next, this, this week because she's leaving Friday and it's over the weekend. Um, so I think it's any time this week or the beginning of next week that she'll have it in screen for the first time in Italy. So that's going to be fun. I'd be interested to see what people think and feel of the movie. You know, it's a comic, a comedic short. So I like, I'm learning, well, I appreciate acting. I'm enjoying um, doing, I'd like to do some more acting, probably. Uh, those are the things that I'm looking at. Of course, um, bringing another event, another platform to um, um, people very soon. So that's what I'm working on. You know, spending more time just sitting back and, 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 and observing, looking at my options, Poppy. I'm not in a hurry to do uh, much of anything at this moment. I am still uh, doing the radio show, but I'm even looking at that because, again, I enjoy radio and TV and all that. I've been doing that all my life. But the direction that I'm taking moving forward, um, I want to always keep it fresh and keep it, you know, moving. So no telling, you know. Um, the wind is blowing a lot of different ways. And I'm just looking back and taking my options, taking in everything and going, you know, deciding what I'm going to do moving forward. How will I be uh, leaving my footprint, my carbon print, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm just chilling, you know, enjoying the time because it really was a very stressful time during that time, but it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. So it's like, um, uh, re, you know, just, it's taking a stick shift and putting it, taking it out of the gear five and bringing it down to one and then bringing it back up. So I'm just taking my time shifting through the gears and, you know, taking the ride I like that. And since you gave your email, can you fill the listeners in on how else they can find you on the web as far as your official website, social networking, how they can check out your music, those kind of things? Absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to do that. I appreciate that. Well, people uh, can definitely visit my website. Uh, there will be make, I will be making changes to the website, uh, updating it, refreshing it. Uh, so please stand by with those. But it's www.mistressc and then dungeon.com. So it's mistresscdungeon.com. And dungeon is spelled D U N. G-E-O-N dot com. And uh, also, birthday is just a few days, May 31st. So please, you know, all of your gifts, 
I will be very happy to receive. So send some love, um, even a birthday wish, happy birthday will be significant and sufficient. So don't be scared, send what you have. Um, with that being said, I do appreciate all of my um, financial piggies out there, and you know who you are, and thank you for your love and appreciate your support. That is your role, and I appreciate you oinking for a mistress. <laughs> okay, now, um, with that being said, my Twitter, people can follow me at Twitter, mistress, at the at symbol, mistress C, small letter N, L A. Mr. C, small letter N, L, A. Um, please follow me on Twitter. I do most of my, a lot of my sharing on Twitter. Um, I am on Instagram. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Pinterest. <laughs> you just put Mr. C in L.A. in your search engine and all that stuff will come right up. <laughs> So people can find me anywhere. I mean, you know, Google. It is like um, when I first started, you know, because I handled, like I say, I was the person that took on my brand. I was the person who took on, you know, putting me out there. Uh, No one would take a chance on me. They felt whatever they did, I didn't care. I knew that I needed to do this and make maybe. So when I first started, you know, I would put my name in there, and it was just like, it's like cricket. <laughs> it was like nothing other than that, you know. Uh, but now it's not the case, you know. It's like pages and pages and pages of crap. Uh, so Google me and you'll find it. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I, I have a boy. I have someone who, you know, is in my company 24-7. Um, they serve me in the ways that fit and make my life easier. So very excited about that. And that's making me busy, you know, my lifestyle. You know, it's not the professional side only for me. Um, your fans may have seen, you know, so you need to see a professional side really of me in the dungeon because I was there for the show. I really wasn't there <clears throat> for anything much but to create a good event that would really bring the add more value to the show. So I was the team player in that, that playing field, but still I had to try to live and eat. So you didn't see the professional side of me really much there because I was too busy in the show. But moving forward, you know, my lifestyle is, you know, a different matter. It's more personal. But still, as a public person, you know, you may see my personal life from time to time. And so I was on Playboy Radio um, a few, a uh, couple of weeks back, and my my boy was breaking in there, so that was that was uh, was on the Chad Sonny and Chad show. After that, okay, sending out some love, but other than that, you know, I just hey, I, I have nothing to prove anymore. I felt that I had nothing to prove in the beginning. I say anymore only because it's like there's nothing for me to prove to anyone. I like that. I'm loving Mistressy. I really thank you so much for the interview. We've come to the end of our first interview on the station, our first full-length interview on the station, but I know this is not the last one. So is there anything else that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now? I do. I, I, 
You know, I, I love my fans. They're, um, they're the reason sometimes, you know, they used to be on <clears throat> line or on visible to keep the pictures and it keeps what's going on in my life visible for you because they, they're just, they're sweet, they're, they're loving, they, um, Twitter, you know, my Twitter peeps out there love you. Poppy, you know I love you guys. Um, so just, just keep it rolling in, you know, just keep the love coming in. I appreciate you. I'm grateful to you. Thank you for your voting confidence in me. Thank you for supporting me so far and even in the future. I appreciate you. So, my fans, we have much love and respect for you. Thank you. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Mistress C, I have to thank you so much for the injury. You are outstanding, and I can't wait for part two. Mm -hmm. Oh, neither can I. Puppy, I'm so glad that I was here with you today, and I look forward to part two. So, Thank you, and thank you and all of your fans for listening. Have a good day. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of In Bed with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. Mistress C and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>